Good evening, and welcome to Conversations from the Abyss. What you're about to hear is a conversation between two living things. For real. Tonight's episode, Writing from the Abyss. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> How's it going, Graham? Good. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Graham Elwood. Hello. Thank you, um, Conversations from the Abyssers. <laughs> uh, so we wanted to just, I wanted to just ask you some questions about why you decided to do this. I don't feel like answering any questions. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. You asked yeah, me to do this yeah. and now you're saying, yeah, I'm no. changing my mind. I love it. You know, I've always was a fan growing up of like uh, short stories and uh, like the Twilight Zone, which mm-hmm. I loved. And I, I love that each episode created this little world in a short amount of time. Now, Spielberg tried to do it with amazing stories, but they were more miss than hit on those. Uh, really, when you go back to the classics, even like Outer Limits and Twilight Zone and Tales from the Dark Side, remember that, mm-hmm. that show? I, I liked that as well. And um, you and I coming up in indie film world, we would make a lot of short films. And as you know, there's two types of short films. There's a sketch type, which is, you know, just kind of one premise and played for laughs or whatever. And then there's... It has like a big end punchline ending. Then there's the actual short film that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, a character arcs, and all the things that feature films have just in a shorter, condensed amount of time. Like the difference between a short story and a novel. Now, a novella can suck it. Either get short or get long, you know? (laughs) A novella can suck it. Yeah. You hear that, novellas? Yeah. We're tired of your bullshit. So, um, you know... Get on the program, like one or the other. Yeah. Either just sell bar food or be a yeah. strip club. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Make why, up why are you trying to, you know, uh, make it foggy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other. Hooters is so. the novellas yeah, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> of late night establishments. <laughs> of restaurants. Of restaurants. <laughs> so I was always a huge fan, and those are the type of short films that I made. I wanted to make them, is because I you know, could never afford to make features, is a short film with a beginning and middle and end, with mm-hmm. characters and arcs and whole worlds that created mm-hmm. it in a short amount of time. And that's what I wanted to do with this podcast. I wanted to create short stories that kind of brought you into an entire world, and you're in and out in 15 minutes. And what I also, as I was writing them, I, I realized that like Black Mirror was a big influence as right, far as like right. new <clears throat> versions of like the Twilight Zone goes. Like I wanted them to also kind of tie into each other a little bit. Like maybe a theme that gets hinted on in one episode gets explored in another, like kind of give this connective tissue of like, there is a world out there that all of these things can kind of happen. And there are certain rules that it sounds like one piece of it will be here, one piece of it will be over there, but they will interconnect and intertwine. But they may contradict each other, they may not, they may work in harmony, but ultimately something that can happen over here in one area can also happen over here, even though we're talking about two completely different stories and two completely different characters. Well, so then do the question, do, do, do the stories tie together? I mean, throughout a season? No, they don't. They're all completely standalone, but I leave like little Easter eggs and hints in the episodes where like, if you listen to like episode seven, it might reference for very briefly in one line something from episode two. Things like that where okay. maybe it's a theme or an idea about you know time or sales or uh, aging, something like that. And uh, I always made them also very personal, like in a weird way. Like every episode has something I've either thought about, something I've experienced, something that has a personal 
attachment to something I've either experienced, gone through, or uh, a story that I've really loved. Like oh. uh, in a um, upcoming episode that you're in called The Operative. It's a political story, but it also there's a story within the story about the nature of truth. And that was a story that I heard a long time ago that I really, really love. So I have one of the characters kind of retell that mm. little fable in a couple of lines. Well, so the, the, the episode that I did in season one with Janet Varney about yes. the attic and the basement, uh, seeing our past and seeing our futures and how it really... Um, yeah, the basement was the past and then the attic was the future. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it, it ended up dissolving our marriage, yes. right? In the context <laughs> of it. So where, where did you... That was an interesting one. That one I really felt like I was just looking at the span of someone's life, everything that's in it, uh, as far as like the past, the present, and the future. And ultimately, we spent the bulk of our lives in that middle part, mm. which is in the present, whereas, you know, we're always either looking back to the past or we're looking to the future. And at some point or another, we decide which level to live in. We decide, are we always going to be looking to the future? Are we living in the present or are we stuck in the past? And it was that kind of idea that got me uh, writing that story. And uh, all of these stories kind of start with a kernel of an idea, like something I could write down in one line. Uh, and then they kind of expand from there. And some of them have been a lot harder to write than others. Like other, some of them just flowed like I've written in like a day where others take like a week or two to get 15 pages mm. where uh, it's just, it's not clicking, it's not right, it's not something I want to explore or it goes off in a tangent and I have to end up rewriting it. So it's it's honestly, it's a little more meticulous than I'd like. <laughs> like I, I, I kind of hope it would have been a little bit more streamlined, but that's one of the reasons it takes so long. Like it's been a year between seasons <laughs> But uh, uh, I do get to it eventually and uh, put it together. And I also, because there's so many moving parts of uh, writing, producing, casting, audio production, like I don't like to release the season until I have all the elements kind of in place. Well, then, so the, when, when you approach the casting, are you thinking about people as you're writing for them? Or is it sort of like you write something and then, and then go, oh, maybe so-and-so would be willing to do this? Or It's definitely a mix. Like there are certain ones that I write where like, oh, I have to get this person. Like there's one coming up next season called Multiples where someone from the multiverse, they kind of meet a version of themselves that is a better version or is it? You're not quite sure. So I needed an actor to play both roles and it was Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale. Mm. It was like, I'm thinking the only one that I would really want for this is him. Right. And when you listen to that in season two, it came out exactly the way I wanted it to come out because he's such a talented actor where it's two recordings because he recorded them separately. It sounds like two people, but not really. It also sounds like the same person. So it has that real off-putting quality and feel to it because we kind of worked on each character, even though it's the same actor and it's the same voice. It really feels like there's two people in the room as you're listening. And then, you know, you have to stop. Oh, no, wait, this is the same actor. Sort of like both. what would you do if you saw like just a carbon copy of yourself? That made different choices in his life. Yeah. That now where is he as opposed to where are you? Yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be weird. It, it's very, it's very weird, and it, it stemmed from the idea of like we all make choices in our lives. We all have regrets, and we always wonder like, well, what if I had made this different choice? Would things be worse? Would they be better? What mm. would what would be different? And does luck play a factor in it too? Ah, that's mm -hmm. interesting. I always mm -hmm. think about that too, like decisions you made in your life. Like I always think about where I went to college. Mm -hmm. I applied to six different universities. And if I would have gone to any of the other ones, 
would I have ended up in LA and working in show business? Probably, because I think I was sort of destined to do this. But you would have met different people. I would have too. met different people along mm-hmm. the way because mm-hmm. I started doing stand up when I was a freshman at the University of Arizona, mm-hmm. and then I was in a sketch comedy troupe. So, like Micah Wright, who's been on the show, who hired me at FNX mm-hmm. um, to direct that TV show, I met him in this college comedy group. Right. So, if I would have gone to a different school, mm-hmm. and even if I was in a, co- a, co- a sketch group or an improv troupe or something and started doing comedy in college at that university, I would have right. met other, I wouldn't have had right. that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you would have been in a, you would have met Will Farrell at college. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you don't maybe, know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And so I would. It would have catapulted my career in a different way. Mm-hmm. Or I might have met a woman that I got married and we had kids with. Or, or you had. You might have had a teacher that opened up a love of chemistry or something like. You never know what what could have happened. I think mm-hmm. about that. Just mm-hmm. that decision mm-hmm. then puts you on this trajectory. One of the things I have in the. Uh, that also ties in, it's not in that episode, it's in another episode with Janet Varney and Annie Savage. A woman can't make decisions, like she's paralyzed. So there is a necklace that she finds that makes decisions for her. And that necklace may not have her best interests in in mind. And they're talking about decisions you make in life. And as someone who has kids, I always think too, uh, they have this discussion about like, well, you know, you love your kids, but they're different than if you would have had kids at 30 or if you would have had a kid at 25. There's well, plenty of different, you know, chromosomes and, you know, and DNA and uh, all sorts of uh, genetic coding. Like, uh, you love your kids regardless, but the kid you had at 25 may be different than the kid you have at 30. So you wonder, what would that kid have been like? Or mm. what would this kid have been like? Because it's all different. It depends when you decide to have children. I sort of know the the process, but explain to people how, you know, the production, the whole audio production, what it's like. Well, it's definitely a process, and uh, it just reminds me of when you and I were making short films. It was always like you start with a script, then it's you call your friends, and uh, you do everything from casting your friends to calling your friends that work on crew to uh, calling friends that may have a little bit more money than you and uh, see if they'll throw in a couple hundred bucks here and there or pay for pizzas one night. And uh, this is obviously a streamlined process because it's audio, but it's interesting how some of the process is exactly the same. You always have to start with a script. I'm still calling my friends to see if they're available to do uh to do the episodes. And the good thing about just being audio, like even if an actor's in New York or if somebody's on set, like Janet Varney is so busy because she has her own show on IFC right now, but she wanted to do another one for me because she's a doll, she's amazing. And uh, she really wanted to work it into her schedule. So she just recorded at home, which she said like in the middle of the night and then sent it over to me. And then I played it for Annie and then she did the other side of the conversation as I was like clicking on my mouse to start and stop so she could hear what Janet was doing. Generally, the way we do it is two people come in and we record, you know, in the gargoyle garage. But uh, there's other ways to do it now. One side could be Skyped. One side could be recorded and sent via Dropbox. Or somebody could go into a studio, record, and send it to me. But some people have recording equipment at their home, and then they can send it in. 
it also is interesting too, like because they're short enough, if somebody sends in a, um, a side of the conversation and it's not quite right, I could say, give them notes and then they'll send another version and it's not too much of a time suck. And then what do you do with those audio files once they're recorded? And then the audio files we send to Dave Schmidt at Acapella Audio and he starts putting them all together ultimately like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. He um, gets rid of all the sound, um, the noise and the distortion. He levels out the audio, especially if two people are recording in different places. He tries to make them sound like they're in the same room. And then he adds the sound effects, the mixing, and puts it all together in a nice audio package. And we've gone back and forth a couple times when we have some complicated audio segments, like there's a car crash coming up mm-hmm. where paramedics are called in and all the, and those sounds are ultimately layered. Like you have the crash and you have sirens and Sometimes it doesn't quite sound exactly right. Like, um, and you know, you're doing weird notes. Like, well, can you add one? Or can you take away one siren? Or can you add a siren? Or can you make this louder? Make this softer? Can you add or subtract distortion here? So, it's a process. But you know, Dave and I have been working together for many, many years. So we have a shorthand. Literally, since we've been 13 years old, we've been working on stuff <laughs> together. And he just bangs stuff out. So I would recommend anyone that has any type of audio needs from music to audio post-production on film, TV, audio, podcasts, radio, anything, go to acapellaaudio.com. I mean, he did Afghanistan and he yes. did earbuds. Yep, we, we use them all the time. We, mm-hmm. He even did a couple episodes of the FNX thing. Yes. So I, like Dave, Dave's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and what he, especially when I think about what he did with Afghanistan, which had such shitty sound. Right, he really bumped it all up. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Bad production values. And well, he, you literally were in a war zone with a camera and that's it. That was it. Mm-hmm. No yeah. recording mm-hmm. equipment, mm-hmm. No, nothing. Just a built-in camera on a consumer-grade handycam. Yeah, so you didn't lob yourself or anything? (laughs) Nope. Nobody was mixing it on set. Uh, None of that happened. Uh, But yeah, that's that's really cool. So so what, what can people expect for season two? Some more creepy episodes for sure. There's a uh, an episode where a girl has uh, in middle school has an imaginary friend who may not be so imaginary. And with all the political climate going on, I had to do an episode called The Operative with you as a political operative and Rick Overton as the president of the United States. And um, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> that I would be a political yeah, operative. Yes. <laughs> it's great. There's definitely some um, stunt casting going on for sure. Like uh, there's one coming up, like I said, with Jenna Varney and Annie Savage from uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour. They do split decision about the amulet that pretty much makes Jenna's decisions for. There's a um, conversation you come up with, with that idea, the that, amulet. That one was one of those things where it's like it was just one of those weird days where like. I couldn't get anything done and I couldn't make a decision. Like, like it was even like dumb ones I could make. Like I, did, I couldn't even figure out what to have for lunch. Like it was one of those dumb, like, well, like what's wrong with why this is ridiculous. And then I thought, what's the extreme version of that? Like, what if you're so paralyzed that you can't make anything and then you give away all of that power to someone or something else? And of course that something else is evil. Yes. <laughs> Generally it is. If anything is making your decisions for you, chances are they don't have your best interests nope. at, uh, at heart. They but do not. it's masked in such a way that it sounds like they do. Of course. They yeah. always want yeah. you to feel like, mm-hmm. I'm helping you. I'm here to help. Yeah. yeah. So I, that was one of those things I was thinking of. I'm like, oh, I'd like to explore that. And then uh, Bill Dwyer plays a middle manager who never seems to have enough time. So... A saleswoman comes in and offers to sell him more. 
So, and then said that might change his life if he had more time to do everything he wanted. But uh, what's the price? So, there's a lot of I, I do eight episodes a season, and uh, this one's almost done. I've got two more to record, and then they'll start dropping. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this season. I've got uh, I've got them all written, and two more need to be produced. They're coming up, and it's you know people from Welcome to Night Vale, Throwing the Adventure Hour, all comedians that you uh, you know and you've you've heard of doing you know creepy uh, creepy roles. Aaron, our CFN producer, said to me after the last season, "I'll never look at Bill Dwyer the same way again." <laughs> <laughs> he plays a serial killer. What um, um, when are they coming out? When can people expect them? Uh, early twenty, like January twenty nineteen. Everything will start mm, to drop. So it starts dropping. Yep. Yep. So uh, we're very close. Um, everything is. We're about halfway produced, and only two more to record. So we're 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 very close to a dropping. So I'm very confident that uh, uh, it will be January uh, 2019. It was great doing the, the mm-hmm. one with Rick Overton and last yeah. season doing the one with Janet. It was really cool just working with both of them. Yeah, it was really fun. It's like. Uh, you're doing so much stand-up and uh, podcasting. I know you don't do a ton of acting, but I know after seeing you in plays and everything else, I know you've you've got a, a real knack for it, and I always like to give you something a little dark. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate that, and, the, and both times I've done it, I feel mm-hmm. that, like, because I did all this acting training, and I did plays, mm-hmm. and, and I wish... I wish I was doing more, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things like just career wise, I wish that I did all the auditioning and I just, it was always hard. It's a hard nut to crack. So mm-hmm. I would love to do more of this and to do on camera stuff and to play some dark, twisted weirdo. Yep. That's not all big and funny and silly. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's weird that a lot of comedians have a little dark place inside them. Yeah. I yeah. don't know where that comes from. I don't yeah. Know if it's we're a- all just uh, completely. <laughs> it's weird that how easily they can make that transition. <laughs> Most comedians are born out of trauma. Is that is that what makes it makes it work? Well, cool, man. Anything else to say for this? No, just uh, enjoy the uh, episodes coming up. Thank you for listening. The interviewer was played by Graham Elwood. The writer by Chris Mancini. Music and sound design by David Schmidt at Acapella Audio. Go to acapellaaudio.com. Conversations from the Abyss is produced by Comedy Film Nerds. Go to comedyfilmnerds.com slash abyss for more info. And remember, conversations stick to you like honey and arsenic. <laughs>